Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Welcome, Dame Laura Lee, Chief Executive of Maggie Centres, a charity providing free cancer support and information in centres across the UK and online. Last year, I went to a talk at the Building Centre in London on the wonderful spaces designed for Maggie Centres. I've always been interested in the concept of the Maggie Centres and how their design, the biophilic design and the different building materials can have such an positive impact on Maggie's community. And I'm, I'm thrilled today to be joined by Laura. And uh, so thanks very much for joining me. Pleasure. Great to be here, Vanessa. You've led Maggie's since the inception of the charity in 98. Can you tell us a little about uh, Maggie Centres? I mean, who was Maggie? Yeah, I had the good fortune of being clinical nurse specialist in the Cancer Centre in Edinburgh. And Maggie, one of our patients and who I looked after during her um, recurrence of her breast cancer and um, administered and gave her chemotherapy. And it was during that time when I was her nurse that she talked about what was missing within her cancer care. She was getting great treatment from the NHS, but she didn't feel that she had access to the, 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 the emotional and psychological support to help her, not just herself, but her family and children through um, a diagnosis of cancer. And one of the things that she particularly emphasised at that early conversation was um, that hospitals were enough to sort of kind of finish you off in terms of your mood and spirit rather than it being sort of yippee, it's my day at the hospital. And I think part of that was informed by, um, she trained as an architect and a landscape designer and, and had written a book on Chinese gardens. And her husband was uh, an architectural writer and, and lecturer. And she would talk during our sessions in the chemotherapy of, you know, I can't even see out of the window to a, a, you know a tree um to nature that would tell me that life is still worth living and you know her view was another concrete hospital sort of wall um so that was part of the, the start of the, the the germination of her idea about creating a place and a space uh, for people with cancer and their family and friends to come to for that support that would be the sort of antithesis to the sort of hospital environment that, as she put it, would be enough to sort of finish you off. And her vision, obviously, you're saying, is to, to create this place and, and space for families so that it's, it's almost like a healing place. It's a place of, of harmony and like a haven. Was her vision for more than one space? Did she imagine it to be how it's growing, Michael? Um, so, so, no, her idea at the time was for a, very much the Edinburgh Centre, which was our first, um, that was designed by Richard Murphy, was a, was a pilot project um, to see whether or not it would work and whether or not people would, would come. Um, where um, we were also really lucky is that she worked with Richard on the designs for the the first centre which happened to be a, a stable block that we were able to kind of acquire on the hospital grounds and to refurbish it was a derelict um, stable block and really the idea for Maggie's grew after Maggie died because she died before the first centre opened mm -hmm. but it was because of the first centre and because of the response of people with cancer coming in and using it and then um, the folks from Glasgow and then Dundee saying, could we have a similar place for, for us going through cancer? That it sort of grew um, through that sort of demand and sort of need. But it was really 
down to that Edinburgh Centre's experience that um, led to, to Maggie's now having a network of 23 um, um, centres um, across the UK and, and three centres working um, overseas. That's amazing. It really is fantastic. Biophilic design features prominently in the designs for Maggie's. Can you describe how that kind of manifests itself? Yeah, so it's something that I think we have learnt as we have um, worked on each of the centres. I mean, we knew that garden and landscape was important, but it was really when we did the centre in West London um, that was designed by Richard Rogers, that we knew that if we designed the building intimately and integrated and at the same time as the landscape, which was Dan Pearson, that you get an, an even more kind of um, harmonious experience where you haven't got architecture and garden. You've actually got a, you've got a feeling that's transformed by both nature and functional rooms and spaces, if you like, blending into one. And, um, and then I think we then also understood the importance of the things that people touch and feel and that are you know, almost subliminal. So changing from a tarmac pavement on the entranceway to something that's, that's almost more gravelly or, or, or got a, a feeling that's transmitting from your feet to your brain that you're no longer on a, on a, a traditional kind of sidewalk to um, the use of timber on handrails. And particularly for chemotherapy, people feel cold very easily. And uh, there's a side effect from some of the drugs that's called peripheral neuropathy, where you're sensitive to touch um, and discomfort. So th what the, the materials that our buildings are made of are, are often very simple and natural and, and, and beautiful to, to touch. And, and then the incorporation of art that's, and, and, and furniture and rugs. So it's a sort of, it's bringing all of those elements together that create a feeling of within yourself that isn't sort of down to any one piece, but it's a blending of all of those those elements that um, I think is what makes when people come into a Maggie Centre, kind of take a breath and 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 let go and feel that this is a place that they want to be in. And I'm always amazed that that is how people describe the experience of coming in the door for the first time. Wow. That must be amazing. So it's such a scary thing, cancer, isn't it? And uh, um, not knowing what's what, what, which way is up. I mean, as you say, to to kind of ground people, I suppose, in some way by using, you know, I, I'd love that, you know, the, the sort of having a gravel pathway just uh, sort of brings you back to, I don't know, it's kind of just memories, I suppose, doesn't it? There's an inherent memory in it um, of, of nature, of being outside, of being, you know, being connected to something that isn't alien, like that's, you know, a concrete, building like you mentioned it when Maggie was saying I mean why do you think nature is important um, so much for people going through cancer I mean why is nature design important um, in palliative care in particular? Nature offers um, um, so again just that moment of you're going from the gravel it's communicating to your brain you're feeling anxious you're not sure what you're going to come into you walk through the door and then you see out and through into a view of nature mm -hmm. and then every time you come into the center that that view is changed and different and altered by the weather the time of year and so it's a sort of it's a living shifting part that is hopeful and 
encouraging and by being distracted by nature mm. allows us to sort of step aside from the often overwhelming anxieties that we certainly see with people going through cancer mm. and allows them to just able to then feel safe. I think nature makes people, people feel safe and it makes them feel that it's a place that they want to be in. And that, in our experience, allows people to start to open up and have a conversation that they couldn't often have imagined that they would have had so quickly with a, um, a cancer support specialist because of that interaction with the, the, the view of nature. And it doesn't take much. It can be a very small piece of garden or view, or, um, but it's always changing. And that's what's so, you know, it's so joyful. And it was a quote that Maggie wrote, um, was you know, not to lose the joy of living and the fear of dying. And I think nature is joyful and it helps us feel joyful. And when we feel joyful, we can, we, we can handle so much more of what life throws at us. Yeah, it's, it's totally true, isn't it? Yeah, sort of positive mindset, putting a smile on and uh, yeah, just making, you know, make, helping you to feel happy inside or, as you say, the joy of living. That's, um, I mean, obviously you, you, sort of, you described that nature is sort of positively impacting on people. You've got centres all over the UK now, and it's great. I mean, as you know, I said it's such positive news for those sort of seeking respite and needing support and treatment while fighting cancer. Um, but you've also got centres in Tokyo and Barcelona and Hong Kong. Are you still using the same biophilic principles across? Yes. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Those, um, those uh, centres have been very kind of um, diligent in being kind of um, studying Maggie's and being inspired by Maggie's. And in fact, in the Barcelona Centre was designed by Benedetta Tabuli, who who was one of the judges on the, of the building here in West London. And and I think, I mean, another thing I sort of didn't quite describe in kind of nature offers a distraction, but I think nature also offers curiosity and and constant creativity. And again, I think that's part of the human spirit. We don't feel alive unless we're curious and stimulated. And I think that's another kind of really important element that good design, thoughtful materials and how things touch and feel and what the visual landscape that your eyes are sort of feasting on is all about stimulating curiosity, which I think is so important and creativity. Is there, is there an element in one of the places that kind of um, not speaks to you, but that you, that you relate to? I, I often get asked that. And of course, um, I, um, I'm not sure as chief executive of Maggie's, I'm allowed to have a favourite um, <laughs> centre. But I mean, I have a very, um, I mean, Edinburgh Centre is very dear to my heart, of course, because that was the one that Maggie worked on and it was our first centre. And that was, you know, the first centre that I, um, um, you know, worked in and greeted um, the same patients who I'd been seeing in the hospital who then came over to see me and sit at a kitchen table um, and have a conversation and tell me things about their lives and fears and worries that they had never shared with me in the clinical environment. So, I, so in a sense, that Edinburgh Centre taught me or showed me the importance that design has in helping and, and supporting us being able to work more effectively. Mm. Apart from that, I, I, um, I very much adore Rem Coolhouse's centre in Glasgow who worked with Maggie's daughter, actually Lily Jenks on the landscape. And what I love about Rem is 
building is it's almost it almost disappears you almost don't feel it um, it's very transparent and and very much all you feel is nature and and i and i have adored being in lockdowns and working from the west london and seeing dan pearson's center emerge through spring into summer so that's been been really personally joyful for me over this period it's fantastic because the sort of concept is that it's like a home isn't it as you say you just mentioned kitchen so for the listeners that that don't know i, I think that's that's one of the wonderful things that I've, I've seen is that they have those spaces where people can get a mug of tea and or coffee or whatever it is and, and sit and talk and it's a it's like a, it's like a home we're so used to um, wanting to process people and by the nature of creating buildings they become institutionalized with their signage and their um, and, and their ways of sort of processing people through it and in a way you know Maggie's we have to greet and welcome and you know see people whether or not that's to see the psychologist um, for an hour's private session or, or whether it's to discuss the difficult financial worries with the benefits advisor mm. but if if you're greeted by a kitchen table and a kettle that in itself is signaling that and and that you can make your own cup of tea that you're in control mm -hmm. so i think um how we um work together with the person that we're there to help can make a great deal of difference to the overall experience and effectiveness of the professional and I think more needs to be thought about that we don't need more signage in our hospitals or our, our buildings we need more thoughtful designs that can help people be in control over their environment and navigate it in a way that they don't even notice that they are yeah I agree it needs more soul <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. 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 It's one of the things that we always say to the architects, they have to take their time over the, the designing of the building and, and working with the garden designer, is because you, you can't retrofit spirit or soul in a building. You, you, you have to get it right from the outset and that requires very thoughtful um, design and, and, um, and time. I agree with that. You, you've touched on it earlier, but um, so people's reactions when they can't walk through the door at Maggie's you know have you you've witnessed or you've had sort of feedback on on from people who um, maybe you know maybe have a have kind of slight inkling of, of what it's going to be like but what, what are people's reactions when they walk through the, the doors generally it's um it's quite varied but, but most people when they're certainly coming in for the first time are are very anxious and often um prepared to not wanting to talk about their feelings and and and, and what happens is that because of the, the aspects of views to the nature, the being walked over to the kettle, waiting for the kettle to boil, um, and then being taken to somewhere to sit that is open plan, so they're not being taken to a room where the door is closed, that's, which is immediately starts to heighten anxiety. Mm -hmm. Most people leave um, saying, I never knew I was going to share what I've just shared with you, mm -hmm. and, um, and are surprised by how open and revealing they've been about their worries and concerns. And I think that's, um, that's again, down to the environment has has made them feel valued and, and safe to do that and as I say, it's, it's, it's done in a very open and open plan way rather than in a again it's the antithesis of the hospital environment where you come into an open waiting area and you 
your anxiety is increasing because you're waiting to be called into a consulting room and the door is shut behind you. Mm. And and then that waiting area, you're you're in rows, you've got no views, you've got no you've got no nothing to distract your anxiety with. So I think it's a it's a really interesting experience. And you can generally see people coming in with their shoulders all tight and hunched and anxious and gripped with that um, fear and 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 you can see it dissipate um within minutes of um of being in the building i think um i think it's just what you're saying there it's evidence that you know if you focus your effort on the environment and the design and providing somewhere with a soul and as you said i love that you know when you mentioned you said you can't retrofit spirit in a building um you know it has to come from the you know the ground up literally and combining it with nature I think, um, you know, I, I, I think people and, and off, even office spaces and things where people, they, it's like, oh, well, the environment's the last thing. It's kind of, oh, well, you know, we need lighting, we need this. And they don't really think that there's people going to go in these places. I mean, hospitals are, are scary, scary things. And, you know, as you say, they're just concrete blocks, aren't they? And there's sort of straight lines and there's nothing organic or natural about them. You, you know, even the acoustics are quite hollow. Uh, I think what you've created there is is a, is a is a wonderful advocate for incorporating nature and biophilic design in 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 our in our lives, you know, and and to to help us. I mean, what's your greatest challenge? I mean, in an ideal world, what would what would help? Well, the greatest challenge is being having a centre that is that everyone has access to across the UK, and you know, we're at twenty three sites, and there are. Um, just over 60 cancer centres so we know that there are many people going through cancer who can easily access a, a Maggie centre for a, for, a, for a period of their for their cancer but second to that I, I hope that through the Maggie centres that we're encouraging just as we're doing today the conversation and dialogue about how design and nature and how you, you can still run a ward or a, or a theatre or a but if you think differently and if you and if you work with the right people they they will design it from a perspective that is that's right that, that has more human and and soul in it that will change how people feel about being at work and those people that those people at work are there to serve so yes, we've got we've got two challenges. We've got we've got to make more Maggie's available for for more people, and we've got to influence those people that are building buildings that they could do a better job. And it, back to your earlier point, it isn't just about an interior fit out. Um, we have the luxury at Maggie's of taking when we get the keys and we start operating, we take our time over getting the interior right so that it doesn't just become again institutionalized and it's feel and it becomes everything it becomes the coffee mug to the cutlery to the to the art that you have in the wall to the color of the rugs that you pick and it takes time to get those all those elements so that when people come in and they think oh this is a nice glass i'm drinking my water out of and <laughs> um, someone thought about the weight and the height of it the the size of it so it's um it's a challenge isn't it but it's a it's a good one good one to have <laughs> exactly and you've proven that it can be done thank you well it, we've proven that it can be done because we've been lucky to work with amazing extraordinary talented um architects and um artists and gardeners and, and plants people you you, just, you speak with it with such passion and heart well you know I, I really um i really hope the people listening to this are going to be inspired and 
it can be done <laughs> you know if you've got that. what's interesting about this covid period is um you know they're all of a sudden discovering that these office blocks that we've got actually can't you know um those canary wharf you know they can't get their eight thousand people into their block through the lifts to their desks with social distancing mm. um but you know the recognition that actually I mean, these are soulless mm. places to work in and if your heart feels heavy because due to the environment that feeds into your uh, productivity and creativity in your work yeah. it seems to make sense to me but um <laughs> I know it yeah. does it does it's not all about um bottom line when you're doing the initial fit out because you've got to think longer term because if your staff are happy then you're not going to have staff retention you're not going to have to retrain them you're not going to have to go and do more recruitment drive you know people are going to want to stay there they're going to like it well it's good that you're communicating about it and encouraging others to yeah. think about it more thank you for listening to the journal of biophilic design podcast